0: 800 a.m. and 94.9 FM KINY Juno.
1: From the Alaska Airline Studio.
0: Local first. Now, News of the North.
2: From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. These are the stories we're following this hour. An accident occurred early this morning on Mendenhall Loop Road. Docks and Harbors joined Action Line yesterday, and progress is expected for the state-sponsored liquefied natural gas export project. But first, at 8.19 a.m. this morning, Juneau Police Department received a report of a Capital Transit bus being rear-ended by a green Subaru Forester on Hall Loop Road near Chelsea Court on Back Loop. No injuries were reported, and the roadway has been reopened seven boats sank total over this past winter storm in Juneau and Docks and harbors has assisted with at least 30 vessels over the past week port director Carl Yucatel joined the action line to talk about this response
1: my team's on is is there helping the owner um, owners as well as the coast Guards been notified uh, when the folks aren't uh, working to assist with the vessels that are in peril they're it's all hands on deck they're with every piece of apparatus for snow removal that we've got uh, the folks are out there uh, cleaning snow off docks and uh, removing snow around the parking areas to get access for boat owners throughout our four small boat harbors so it's a it's a big event um, the guys are pretty tired but they are out there um, working diligently, check your vessel. So, we can't emphasize it enough that boat owners have to be responsible, have to take care of their, their boats.
2: Washington, D.C. City and Borough of Juneau lobbyist
3: Katie Cachell shared more about her role at the federal level. There's a lot of federal funding out there and available, and um, it's a process of picking the project and scoping it correctly. So, project eligibility. Uh, recipient eligibility, going through that process, and making sure that project hits all the points that the federal grant is seeking. Um, so that's a process that I help Ossie uh, and with, and then also um, getting the support behind it and leveraging the congressional delegation support for that project. Um, so first, making sure it's a good project and a good fit, um, because no amount of political pressure is going to make a, a bad project good right so uh, making sure it's a good project and then making sure we leverage the congressional delegation that we have and they're always willing to do that which is which is great she
2: also spoke to ways of moving forward on an icebreaker to be ported in Juneau. for
3: the icebreaker in particular um, we've been kind of following the delegation's lead um, senator sullivan in particular has been really um aggressive on that, and Senator Markowski also with the appropriations, and Representative Peltola also, you know, the the three rules, uh, three um, pieces of the uh, stool there, and so just kind of enforcing, reinforcing that with the Coast Guard, um, and, you know, getting the city of Juneau to weigh in with their support, and making sure that's well known uh, throughout the Coast Guard, and the delegation, and kind of keeping tabs on what the decision making process is, what is the budget situation like for the Coast Guard, because that's going to be a key piece in moving forward with the icebreaker.
2: Thane Road is now open to traffic as of 3 p.m. today. Due to forecasted weather conditions and subsequent high avalanche hazard, a complete closure of the road is likely over the upcoming weekend. Residents of Thane Road are strongly advised to take advantage of this 24-hour road opening to prepare for the anticipated weekend road closure. If a natural avalanche reaches the roadway, it is unlikely Department of Transportation and Public Facilities will be able to safely remove the avalanche debris until the hazard can be minimized from mitigation work, or once the hazard has decreased naturally. Visit the City and Borough of Juneau Emergency Management website for details. And political pressure is building on Alaska Republican Governor Mike Dunleavy's administration to show progress on its huge state-sponsored liquefied natural gas export project as it asks the legislature for another $4.5 million to keep it alive. Boosters say there's still substantial interest from potential investors and partners in the $43 billion Alaska LNG project amid turmoil in natural gas markets stemming from the wars in Ukraine and Israel. Officials from two separate companies, Virginia-based Venture Global LNG and South Korea-based Hamwa, held discussions with Alaska's state-owned gas agency and visited the state last year, and a labor-backed group is now pitching its own participation in the project. But point to how, in spite of favorable industry trends, no major deals or investments were announced in 2023 by the Alaska Gasline Development Corporation. Coming up, the American Lung Association released its 22nd annual report examining Alaska tobacco control policies. That story next. When news of the North continues.
4: The American Lung Association released its 22nd annual report examining tobacco control policies yesterday. The Alaska evaluation is part of the 2024 State of Tobacco Control Report, which is an annual report assessing progress by the federal government and by all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Senior Director of Advocacy for the American Lung Association in Alaska, Carrie Neeson, spoke to the report. First, the American Lung Association is supporting Senate Bill 89, which is being sponsored by Senator Gary Stevens.
0: It's a piece of legislation that would, for the first time in Alaska, tax electronic cigarettes, so vaping devices, many people um, know them by that name. That also would raise the legal age to purchase tobacco products in Alaska to age 21 to match with the federal law. We're excited about this piece of legislation. The one thing we know about the price of tobacco products is the higher the products cost, the more it incentivizes people to quit using tobacco products, and it also can delay youth initiation of using those products. And we know that Alaska, like across the nation, youth are using vaping products in epidemic proportions.
4: By taxing these products for the first time, Neeson believes there will be a noticeable impact. Alaska ranked a grade D for the level of state tobacco taxes. Neeson says Alaska's ranked a grade F for ending the sale of all flavored tobacco products. Flavored tobacco products largely attract youth. As such, the high school smoking rate is 8.4%.
0: We know that 90% of youth who use vapor products are using flavored products. And the industry does a remarkable job of marketing these products and naming them in uh, candy flavored. You know, you might have, you know, cherry licorice vape or you might have pina colada or any other number of sweet and candy flavors of these vapor products that are very popular with you. We know that the cigarettes that were smoked in the 60s and 70s, those smoking rates are declining in many populations. Um, But what we're seeing is with these new products, uh, they smell good, they taste good, and they're very popular, especially among youth.
4: Alaska received two B grades, one in funding for state tobacco prevention programs, and one in the strength of smoke-free workplace laws. The strength of those smoke-free workplace laws protects Alaskans from both secondhand smoke in the workplace and in public spaces. However, tobacco remains the leading cause of preventable death in Alaska and nationwide.
0: We know that tobacco use can cause lung cancer, it can cause emphysema, chronic bronchitis, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, all sorts of different challenges for those folks who use tobacco. And also people who are exposed to secondhand smoke. Secondhand exposure to secondhand smoke can also cause death and disease. So that's one of the things that is so compelling about this report is this report lays the groundwork and provides a pathway for us to really make inroads when it comes to tobacco use. And federal
4: regulators have approved an inspection process that will let airlines resume flying their Boeing 737 MAX 9 jetliners, which have been grounded since a side panel blew out of a plane in mid-flight earlier this month. AP correspondent Lisa Dwyer has more.
0: Federal officials are clearing the way for grounded Boeing planes to resume flying. The Federal Aviation Administration has approved an inspection and maintenance process that the planes must first go through. After that, they will be allowed to carry passengers again. The FAA says it will not agree to any Boeing request to expand production of MAX planes until the agency is satisfied that quality control concerns have been addressed. Meanwhile, Congress is getting involved in examining safety at Boeing after a panel flew off a Boeing 737 MAX 9 jetliner in mid-flight this month. Senator Maria Cantwell says the Senate Commerce, Senate, and Transportation Committee, which she chairs, will hold hearings to investigate the root causes of recent safety lapses. I'm Lisa Dwyer.
4: Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. For continuous updates, visit our website, KINYradio.com.